We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Can you put that down on the ground there? I think I'll come down closer to the folks. Um, Everybody doing good tonight? Thank you, worship team. You guys rocked. That was wonderful. What a great night of worship. And we appreciate everyone here who serves at the church. It's been a joy to, uh, you know, uh, to spend like a half an hour with your pastor. But um, it doesn't take long to find out who he is. He is such a genuine person, a loving and gracious person. So uh, thank you, Pastor William. Desiree, we're honored to be with you. And uh, like he said, I'm, I'm very excited this trip that my wife was able to come with me. Uh, and uh, you want to say anything, honey? Here, I'll come down to. I just wanted to thank the pastors for their hospitality. And we're just so excited to be here because we live in the desert where it's really hot and there's no green trees. So I love the mountains. So coming here, it's just such a blessing to, to be here. And he loves the water. So it's like the perfect place here with the mountains and the water, you know. But um, I just want to say that he'll probably share some of our story, but our story is a story of restoration. And I just want to say that God, there's nothing that God cannot restore in your life that you've lost. It happened to us where we lost everything. And now after years, God has restored everything that we lost back to us. He's a good God. He'll never fail you. He'll never leave you. You can always have hope in that. So um, thank you just so much for having us. And we're so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. We have Mary and I have four kids. They're all married now. We have five grandkids. I lovingly call them the Fab Five. And I'm making them world famous. The other day, uh, um, London, one of my granddaughters said, she said, Poppy, are we famous? I said, yes, you're famous. When we landed uh, here in Auckland on Wednesday, our driver picked us up and uh, there was a sheet that said, you know, Dr. Maiden and Mary. And it said, grandparents of the famous Fab Five right in the airport. So I took a picture of that and showed it to my grandkids. It's a wonderful thing what God has done um, in our story, but we're not unique. God is a good God. And if we give him a chance, he'll work all things together for the good in our lives. There's nothing so evil God can't make it become good. There's nothing so broken God can't heal it. It's really true. In every realm of life, in every possibility, every circumstance, it's true. Hey, the, the title of my message tonight is 276 Miracles. So look at someone and say, 276 Miracles. I wouldn't doubt that we're actually, because I've never preached this message, there might be that exact number of people here tonight, uh, the way the Lord was talking to me. So we're, we'll be reading from the book of Acts, and we're going to have some fun. And... Uh, Acts chapter 27, Paul is on a journey. He's going someplace, and uh, there is a complication in his journey, a detour, because they've run into the hurricane season. And Paul, because of his education and because of his knowledge, he said before the trip, 
we probably shouldn't leave now because the hurricane season's going to come. But they didn't listen to him. And they got stuck into a storm that was so intense. As, as Luke, the physician, describes it, you couldn't tell the difference between night or day for, for uh, a couple of weeks straight. So it just was pure darkness, an intense storm. And the Bible says that even the professional sailors came to a place of hopelessness and despair. And so everyone on this boat, there's 276 souls. There's 276 people. They're all in jeopardy except for one dude who was in God's will. One person walking with God can save an airplane from crashing, can save a car accident from killing, can save a business from failing, can save a, a school. One person in God's will. And Paul is on a journey of destiny to be brought to Rome to see Caesar to prophesy, minister, and share. And he is encountering this difficulty, and he has an angelic visitation. And uh, I'll just read you a couple of things of what he said in verse 22. Now I urge you, he's talking to all the men. After a great period of silence, he finally stands up. He couldn't help himself. The first thing he said was, I told you so. And uh, I hear my mother's voice when I hear him say that. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship, for there should stood by me. Verse 23, this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, do not fear, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, man, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. I believe God. I believe God. It is my feeling, my interpretation of this is that the angel said, you're going to make it, the ship's going to crash, and you're going to make it to shore. And Paul's rebuttal, retort was, okay, I don't want to just make it. I want every person on the ship to make it. And, and Paul's faith released 276 miracles. And Paul said to the men on that ship, I believe God that it will be exactly as it was told me. One person that believes God can change a nation. One person that believes God can take a city. One person that believes God's promises can make history, can be a world shaker and a history maker. What is God looking for in this season? He's looking for someone to believe him. He's looking for someone to trust him. He's looking for someone to have faith in his promises and believe that what he said he can do. Your destiny, just a couple things about destiny. When you're in the lane of God for your life, when you're in the purpose of God for your life, your purpose will keep you alive when the storms of life try to kill you. Your dream, your destiny is stronger than the enemy. And your, your destiny has the power to push back disease when it tries to take you prematurely. It is the power to get you ashore when the ship crashes, when there's a shipwreck. He gets to, to shore, you know what happens, he gets snake bit. And that snake couldn't kill him either because he's in God's will. He wins the whole island. Malta means flowing with honey. 
And, and at first when he landed, they thought he was a criminal, a mass murderer, a horrific person that justice was trying to claim. But because he couldn't be taken down, they changed their minds about him and said, this guy must be something else. And he prayed for a man. He went to a house called Publius, and he prayed for Publius's father. He was healed, and then every sick person on the island got healed. God's going to do some amazing things. God's given Pastor William the gift of faith. And people are going to ask him for years to come, how did you do that? How did you build the church? How did it grow? How did you become multi-campus? How did you take other cities? How did you expand? How did these things happen? Was it your pedigree, your education? Was it your, your special gifting? Was it your charisma? Was it No, he says, I had faith in God. Your pastor has faith in God. And God's going to honor that faith and do outrageous things. People will come to study what God is doing in this church. And they'll walk away shaking their heads, thinking, how did that happen? But you'll know the secret. It's a bunch of people that believe God. Paul said, I believe God. I believe God. That's what it's all about. Cities aren't one because the church becomes more creative than the world, that we're suddenly outworlding the world. and we're out. No, the cities are one when someone believes they can be one. Cities are one when someone's faith says, I'm claiming every soul in the city. And Paul said, on that ship that was in jeopardy, I claim every soul, 276 miracles. Come on now. Claim every person in your family. Paul told the Philippian jailer, if you want to be saved, believe on Jesus. Oh, 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 by the way, when you get saved, your whole house is going to get saved. You have the right, the honor, the authority to claim every member of your blood family. Don't let anybody go to a devil's hell, but use your faith to claim even the wildest reprobate, even the wildest rebel. It doesn't matter what they're acting like. Your faith is more powerful than the devil's weapons, deceptions, and powers. And faith can change the world. We, uh, Mary and I have a story. We, when we, we, we married young, we were married at 21, we had kids at 22, we started our first church at 27, and God blessed that church. It was in my boyhood hometown of Scottsdale, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix. That church grew to 4,000 people in 10 years. We were building the biggest building in our city, a 4,800-seat auditorium. It was halfway up in August of 1995. We found out that our, our church treasurer had embezzled $20 million. And uh, that stopped our building program, created a crisis, a scandal, 10 front page stories, six lawsuits, class action lawsuits, death threats, un unimaginable things happening, horrors of all kinds. I became depressed. My oldest son became a drug addict. And our family was in jeopardy. We were homeless for a period of time. And that's after having the biggest church in our town. And our lives caved in. I became manically depressed, and my wife had to live with that. She was the glue. She was the hero of our family holding us all together. And uh, it looked like everything was lost, and nothing good would ever happen in our lives. And it's tough to feel like your life's over at 37. But I didn't know God as good as I do now. I didn't know that there was nothing so broken, so evil, so intrinsically uh, um, negative that God can't just breathe on it and make it become good. And, and, and like the apostle said, we know this. All things work together for good. 
to them that love God, called by his purpose. Well, God gave us. I walked the church through bankruptcy. The church grew from 4,000 people to 120 people. And then 14 years ago, we started a church in the heart. We moved from a rich city. We moved to the downtown uh, heart of our city, a crime-ridden area, a multicultural area, and started a church called Church for the Nations. And Jesus Christ gave me a comeback in the same city where I had a setback. And now we have 10 campuses. We have actually 18 churches in that city, in that region, where thousands come. Every Sunday, 100 people come to Christ every single Sunday morning at our church. Miracles happen all the time. Miracles, 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 breakthroughs. Someone gave us a $30 million property for free to a 2,400-seat auditorium, 135,000 square feet of buildings. And we are a miracle church. And all I did, they say, Pastor, what did you do? I just did two things. I didn't quit, and I kept believing God. I, I, I didn't quit, and I kept believing God. There's a date circled on the calendar of heaven. If you can just get to that date, your breakthrough is going to happen. Your restoration is going to happen. Your healing is going to happen. And, and, and our job is just to get there, to keep believing God, to not retreat our faith, to not pull back but to persevere, to believe God, to trust Him. Yeah, we have a, a, a pretty amazing, incredible comeback story, but that's because we have a pretty amazing, incredible God. Come on, it's time for your comeback. It's time for 276 miracles. It's time for in the midst of a chaotic storm of negativity or a delayed fulfillment of destiny or some other kind of disappointing event in your life. It's time for your faith to create a different outcome. Doctor says you have this or doctor says you have that and there's an eventuality to that diagnosis. So I had a doctor say, say this to me 13 years ago. You have a certain kind of cancer and he was talking to me, a very nice person in Southern California he was talking to me. I said, I stood up and I just leaned across the table at him and I said, sir, I, w I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. That's Psalm 118 verse 17. It came right up out of my spirit. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And guess what happened? Yeah, cancer left my body. It, 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 they couldn't believe it. It's all gone. I, I, there's nothing Jesus can't fix if he can find faith. And this is going to be the story. This church is going to be a bunch of faith maniacs, a bunch of a, a bunch of a bunch of faith world changers, a bunch of people that believed God when they said, "Well, there's not enough money to do that. There's not enough money for that." Well, well, your faith is more important than money. Your faith can unlock the treasury of heaven. Your faith can make a business person driving down the street stop. And get out of his car, walk in these doors, and write the biggest check you've ever seen. Your faith can get properties given to you like we had given to you. Your faith can change the world. Like Jesus said to the woman, your faith has made you well. Your faith can heal you. Your faith can save your family. Your faith can restore your business. Your faith can fix your mind. Your faith can heal your marriage. Your faith can make my son, who was a drug addict, now is an ordained pastor and businessman with three kids, a mighty man 
of God because Mary and I never stopped believing God what God promised us for our son drug dealers were trying to kill him the police trying to arrest him but we would every day remind God of what he said about our son and our son came back to us he came back to Christ and he came back to the calling of God on his life because your faith can change the world your faith is all listen faith is superior to fact we don't ignore things we're in Christianity we don't believe in not knowing the realities of things but when the facts come in just know that your faith is always superior well that's the way it is but let me tell you the way it's going to be that by his stripes I'm healed Joel said it like this let the weak person say I'm strong not before they're strong not when they're strong but before they're strong you have to walk around when you're feeling weak saying I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might I'm an eagle renewing my strength they're the way to plan the Lord will, will renew their strength thank you Holy Spirit for quickening my body thank you that I'm coming back I'm coming alive every cell every organ every tissue every muscle every bone every sinew thank you God I'm getting stronger every day gotta tell the devil how it's going to be never give the devil the last word David's facing Goliath and Goliath the first thing Goliath has been for 40 days twice a day preaching a message to Israel and for 40 days no one's answered back Goliath's a type of media assaulting the last day church he stands up and he preaches his message bellowing a threat against Israel David the first day he heard it said that's wrong what's isn't someone going to do something about it God's raising up a generation that aren't afraid of the giants that their parents surrendered to and compromised to live with they're saying that's wrong in our culture that's wrong in our city that's wrong in our world we're just not going to tolerate Goliath bullying people killing people deceiving people and imprisoning people destroying lives so Goliath and David are fit they're facing each other on the battlefield and, and and Goliath sees him and the Bible says he curses David by his gods he didn't cuss him he's cursing him so that means he says by Dagon I curse you by Asheroth I curse you by Beelzebub I curse you by Baal I curse you so those were the deities of the Philistines so he's cursing them he's cursing David by the power of his stone and wooden gods and David's like that's all you got man I come to you in the name of the living God whose armies you have defiled you've poked God in the eyeball and he's about to knock your head off and, and, and David talks back to Goliath he says here's here's how it's gonna be this is your last day I'm taking your head off today and, and when I'm done killing you and chopping your head off I'm coming for that army behind you and everything David said God did God can't do it till you say it when our son we talked about our son who was broken and you know he went he was a all-state athlete and uh, he was a white boy that could jump so it's not true that white men can't jump he, he could jump really high he was he was a great basketball player and uh, he you know, when he turned 18, he was gone. He was running the streets, and he's in all kinds of trouble. And the Lord said to me, he said, stop talking to your son as if he's never coming out of this season. Next time you see him, talk to him as if he's already in his destiny. 
when you and your wife talk to each other about him, talk as if it's already done. And 30 days after we started talking differently, God visited my son. When you change your vocabulary, you would change your future. One of the things that has happened when we're going through a tough time is we have to, God has to help us fix our vocabulary. And he does that by reminding us, by showing us that we have potentially slid into some negativity or some discouragement or doubt or fear, whatever it is. And that's become a regular part of our, the fluidity of our words and, and that we need to stop that so God can start something else. Jesus said, a, a man came to Jesus with a very troubled son in Mark chapter 9. And the man said, your disciples couldn't help me. He said, Jesus, if you can do anything, please help my son. And Jesus turned it back around. It wasn't inappropriate. It wasn't rude. He wasn't being obnoxious. He said, everything I can do is determined on what you can do. And he said, if you can believe, Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, sir, all things are possible to him that believes. Let's shock God in this generation and start believing him. Believing him for, I believe that the country of New Zealand has been earmarked by God to be one of the first transformed countries in the whole world that manifests a culture of the kingdom in every aspect of the seven mountains or aspects of life, in family, in business, in church, in government, education, arts, and media. I believe that your country has been assigned by God. And, and instead of waiting for God to do something, let's just be crazy enough to believe God, that God's chosen New Zealand to shape the world. And God's chosen this, this city in the othermost parts of the world, God's chosen you to make a difference, to build a model, to create a prototype, to create momentum. And all God needs is your yes, and he'll take care of the rest. <laughs> a pastor said in the car, I just, I just kept saying yes to God. That, that, that's what a leader is. A leader is simply a believer who has said yes to God so many times God can't say no to them. Just keep giving God your yes, Lord. Yes, I believe. I don't know how you're going to do this, Lord. I just know you're going to save my family. God, plant the seed of faith in every person in this room that has lost family members for the salvation of their entire family. In Jesus' name. Jesus was talking. One day he was talking with the disciples. He says, hey, look at that fig tree over there. I'm hungry. Let's go get one. And he comes to the fig tree and is full of leaves but has no fruit. It's a picture of the, the church that lacks the supernatural. The church that looks good but there's no divine fruitfulness. There's no miracle. There's no gifts of the Spirit. Christ comes to the tree that's full of leaves. There's no fig tree. There's no figs on it. And the Bible says, doesn't tell us exactly his verbiage, but the Bible says he cursed the tree. And he commanded it. He said, no man will ever eat from you again. Today you're dying. So the disciples are thinking, well, he must really be hungry. That's like going through the, 
the drive-through line at the at the at the Burger King, and they've run out of hamburgers, and you say this place is going to burn down by tomorrow. So so Jesus, so so, but he's teaching them something about faith. So it just happens. He happens the next day, just happens to come in the proximity of that tree, close enough for them to see something. He's trying to get a lesson to him, a, a visual lesson, an illustrated message. And so he's just walking along, and Simon Peter says, Master, the tree that you cursed yesterday is already dying from the roots up. And Jesus said, thanks for noticing. And here's what he said in Mark 11, verse 22 and 23, have faith in God have come on turn to someone and say have faith in God okay what do you mean pastor give God something to work with give God faith is the currency of heaven have faith in God and then he said here's how faith works whoever will say to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe the things that he says shall come to pass he will have whatever he says then he goes on next verse to say and whatever things you ask in prayer believe and you shall have them when do I believe? when I pray when I pray and Jesus said start talking to your stuff start talking to your debt Come on, young couples, you need, a, you need a house. Start just prophesying your miracle house right here in the middle of this expensive country where it costs so much to live. Just start saying th things that people can't believe. Let your faith rise. Don't limit God, but believe God. Let's be the generation that believes God, that maximizes our faith, that allows God to be God, that unties the hands of a willing God who's ready to jump into our world in a miraculous fashion if only he can find faith. The gift of your pastors is faith. The gift of this church is going to be a faith. God's going to use your church to build people's faith. And God's going to, there's been a, a working of faith. And now God's going to teach your pastor faith for money. And supernatural finances are going to pour into this church. All kinds of things, one after another about to happen. I promise you, people are going to come and study what's going on here. How'd this happen? And the pastor's going to say, Faith in God. Faith in God. Have faith in God. Because all things are possible. All things. We had a scandal that was front page news, covered by the media, covered by television. We had death threats. We had people, uh, all kinds of things happen, lawsuits. And now we have one of the largest churches in our region. Supernaturally, it, it, God did it all. He did the building. We did the believing. He does the miracles. We do the faithing. If we faith it, we're going to make it till the end. And Jesus said, man, just unleash your faith. Put your faith to work. Employ it. Develop it. Release it. Vocalize it. Faith is initiated by hearing. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. Faith is activated by speaking. Faith is demonstrated by doing. Just a couple more verses. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, the Bible says... 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. I remember this had a conversation with some of my church, and um, they were complaining about one of our ushers was still, you know, he still smoked, and he out in the parking lot before and after church, he's smoking. But he comes driving the church in a brand new car. And this person says to me, how can God bless that guy? He smokes. How can God bless him? And, 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 and I think that person had fallen to the trap that God blesses us somehow by us earning those blessings. But God, everything we get, we get because of Jesus. And everything we have in Jesus is just appropriated by faith. And that guy that smoked had faith. God blessed him, got a car. Those things happen even though he smoked. Smoking won't send you to hell. It'll send you early to heaven. That's all. Okay. <laughs> so the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then it says these two things. He that comes to God, faith moves to God. Must believe that he is. The church is there. We're, we're all in a communion of faith. Oh, Pastor, I believe, I believe God is. But the next line is the punch of faith that says this, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Remember what Jesus said, when you pray, ask for it, seek for it, and then knock for it. In other words, have you ever gone to your friend's house or family house and you knew they were inside, but somehow they weren't acknowledging your knock on the door and you're like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to keep knocking. I know they're in there. Open up. I know you're in there. That's what faith does. Doesn't retreat. Doesn't give up. Well, I tried believing God. No, no, no. We don't try. We believe God. Paul said, I believe God. It will be as it was spoken to me. Sure enough, not one person, the ship's destroyed. And 276, some sailors, some soldiers, and some prisoners, some couldn't swim, but none of them died. They found wood. Somehow they were all carried to shore. 276 miracles because one person believed God. God doesn't need everybody. He just needs somebody. Somebody that believes him. You and God are a majority. You and God are enough to make it happen. The odds change when God joins your side. The word rewarder in the Bible is a great Greek word, and it means to pay back an employee for expenses that they've incurred in order to get the job done. So it would be like Pastor William sending someone, hey, I need you to go do this, and here's the church credit card, or here's a check, or here's some cash, and whatever it takes... And, and, and in fact, just spend it out of your own money. I'll reimburse you. So they come back and say, well, Pastor, I got this thing you needed. I had to spend $200. And Pastor says, well, I'm going to reimburse you. So what God says, when you spend your faith, I promise I will always reimburse you. Spend it, and I will pay you back. How does he pay us back? By rewarding what we believed for. Rewarding what we believe for. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for this generation. Thank you, God, for faith awakening. 
Thank you, God, tonight for 276 miracles. Like Pastor said, people here that came in hurting are to go home different because some of you, it took faith just to get here tonight. You've had a, a tough week or a horrible day, but you pushed back all that to get here. And getting here was such an act of faith, you're not going home empty-handed. You're not going home the same. God's touching you, helping you. I pray for anybody that's been in a long-term storm. Just, just help me preach this for a minute. Turn to someone and say, everything's going to be okay. You guys say okay in New Zealand? Everything's, turn the other way and say, everything's going to be okay. That's, that's all Paul said. He said, don't be afraid. I heard from God, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Some stuff has to happen. We're going to end up at a funny little island called Malta. But everything's going to be all right. Because I'm believing God. Somewhere in your world, someone believed God for you. Someone believed God for your salvation. Someone asked God for your family or for you, a grandma, a grandpa, someone maybe five generations back. There was someone who by faith said, my house will serve the Lord as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Someone initiated the consequence that you're living in by their faith. Thank you, God, that this city is going to become a revival city. The Lord is tearing down, Pastor William Desiree, he's tearing down the spirit of religion here. He's uprooting long entrenched controlling powers that dominated commerce, that dominated politics, that dominated culture. And God's doing a new thing, a new breed. And the Lord said, son, I've anointed you as a new breed, a new warrior, a new kind of instrument. The devil can't figure out where you've come from and how how you've done what you've done. The devil can't figure out how you've done it, but the secret weapon has been your trust in me. Your humility, your openness, your brokenness, your faith that I could do it. So you're a man of faith, and this will be a church of faith. And there'll be businesses that rise up and affect the whole nation and other nations from this church. Ministries will rise up. All kinds of gifts will rise up because there is in this house a, a atmosphere, a greenhouse of love, a greenhouse of my goodness, and faith is blossoming in this place. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.